0: Hi, folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. Obviously, I'm going to ask you to dig deep, put your hands in your pockets, and click the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise at the top of the podcast you're listening to right now and help us continue to have the conversations like the one you're about to listen to. We have no ads. We have no sponsors. We rely entirely on you. And yes, we know things are difficult out there. They are very bloody difficult in here. It is lean times in the tortoise shack. The only way we can soldier on is if a few of you put your hands in your pocket and pay it forward so we can continue to keep this free and available to everybody who wants to listen. And there are thousands of you listening. So one more time, patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack join us for a month, get access to our entire back catalogue of about 1,200 podcasts now, completely plea-free, all in one consolidated feed, and a ton of exclusives that we just put out for patrons only, mostly just to avoid the old defamation laws. They're all available on that feed right now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves and I am here inside the Iceland and Talbot Street for a very special podcast because I've been invited in by a local troublemaker, uh, PVP's Bernard Mulvaney, to speak to some of the people who have been affected by the, let's just say it, the the shoddy work practices and something that we've seen before in Ireland, unfortunately. And I'm delighted to be joined by Donna and Alex. Uh, Donna is one of the staff members here and Alex is the union rep. Thanks for talking to us today. Thanks. And thanks for the invite in. Before we kick off, I think it's important to point out, we're about a kilometre away from Cleary's. You know, we all remember what happened in Cleary's, how the staff were basically marched out on a Friday. And then we're about, what, 1,250 metres from Debenhams as well. And we've seen this wash, rinse and repeat uh, cycle happen. And yet here we are now again, sitting inside a building, occupying it where people have not been paid. Donna, can I just ask you first, come to you as a staff member here. Where, what was your feeling when you came in and found out that not only were, was, it, was it all gone, but they were decided to almost watching, watching it and going, I've seen this, I've seen this film before. Was it a shock?
2: Yeah. So I think it kind of stems back to from when Homestead was actually took over back in February, March. Um, obviously we had a great team here in Iceland and we were more like a family than a work team. So when they came in at first, they basically, we were left in Dodako, everything even from the changeover. They got a phone call say on five o'clock on one evening to have all the cash and all that ready. And that was it. We met nobody from Home service for weeks. So we got no deliveries for weeks. And um, then they sent us in a delivery and we were left kind of to our own devices. Nineteen pallets between three people were sent in at like half seven on a tourist evening. So then after that, then they'd kind of come in in drips and drabs. They wouldn't introduce themselves. So we didn't know who was who. And then they kind of started playing like a big brother tactic, where they were just constantly watching the cameras, pinpointing like the stupidest things we do aren't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the deliveries became less and less, so we kind of, not that we knew, like, you know, customers were pointing out, obviously, about like stuff not being on shelves. We were asking for the stuff and we were told uh, probably being on the next one, however it may be. And then obviously the Wednesday morning, then there was no, there was no warning whatsoever given other than the frozen stock being recalled, obviously for different issues but the girls turned up on Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock for their shift they clocked in as normal and they got a phone call 20 minutes into their shift to tell them to leave the building that they'd been laid off now they were informed they were sent an email the prior evening but no such thing the email was actually sent out an hour after Mm. they were asked to leave um so yeah, it's just a shocking. Obviously shocking, on the girls are turned for of work shocking on everybody. Um, and it's more shocking that there was an email sent out and there was no further communication from the company.
1: So the company went quiet after literally this was the this is the dictat. Everybody get That's out.
2: That's it. Yeah, exactly. And like obviously myself, like obviously I sent an email in relation to holiday hours and stuff, but like nobody is responding around like that. Mm. There's people that are out like over a thousand euro and they're just not getting back to them. Um, again, they're playing a tactic where they're paying some holiday pay now an and other people are not being paid. Mm. Um, so, to, to my, in my opinion, anyway, they just don't care, like, do you know.
1: Well, it, it, well, we've seen, as I said, we've seen this show before where this, and it's, we've seen the switch of companies that have gone. So, Alex, just in terms of the, the, the union's perspective on this and, and, and what is happening in the background in terms of, you know, obviously what happened in the shop is, is shocking, but what's happening behind the scenes? What's your understanding of, of, of how it's been handled and how the union can are, are they making any progress with the company?
3: so first and foremost i'd like to give a shout out to all of the iceland staff in all of our stores and our union members who are all experiencing the same frustration and nervousness that our talbot street members experienced as well and what Donna described is a zoomed in version of one store that's happening in all 26 stores formerly 27. so from the union perspective it's been a very reactive campaign we were never organized in the iceland foods ireland chain before the takeover and in fact it's the takeover that created the conditions for workers to stand together and to unionize so you must wonder how bad it was for workers to actually organically begin to reach out and to try to get organized Our first point of contact initially was through Sinn Féin in Cabra, where the Navin store was slated for closure to be turned into a home Savers Navin Road store. That's right, and we found out that it actually had no planning permission to make any changes inside. So the store remains closed and the workers are all gone, either fighting for redundancy or unpaid wages. And since that experience, our perspective of who runs the company and how it's run has gotten worse and worse, the lack of the company to pay their workers the statutory wages that they're owed does stand out as a throbbing red flag, I suppose, because even in the most anti-union environments like Duns or Tesco, they still pay their workers their wages, even if they're engaged in some sort of anti-union activity. So as time went on from February, March, April, May, we began to get a broader picture of this entire operation. We began to find out that Home Savers, the company, was another company that the owner of Iceland owned, Naim Maniar. We found out that this is the fourth time he's been through the examinership process. He, he
1: transferred debt to another company as well.
3: That's right we found out what company Iceland Foods Ireland renamed into its legal entity. So it's called Metron Stores Limited, where all the debt conveniently is located and conveniently all owed to Naeem Maniar as one of the preferential creditors. So as time went by, we began to develop a clear picture and the comparisons between Debenhams couldn't be more obvious. Mm -hmm. And I suppose the problem that then arises is that workers essentially have no recourse to the courts or to the Workplace Relations Commission to have this pursued effectively and immediately. And the example that we continue to give is when the Food Safety Authority issued that recall, there was HSE officers in all of the stores looking over the destruction of frozen goods. But you couldn't do that. On the other hand, if your wages are unpaid or your holiday pays unpaid, there is nobody you can ring and say, my boss has stolen my week's wages. Can you come and sort this out? That doesn't exist in this country. And as the problem got bigger, more and more people decided to join the union. Simultaneously, we tried to research the company and the corporate structure. So The Ditched helpfully published an article going into this. But in summary, Mr. Naeem Manier has over 20 companies that he's a director of. And the last one where all the money is at, which is the company that owns Homesavers Ireland and reported a gross turnover of €90 million Euro in 2022, is owned, its primary shareholder is, of course, an offshore trust. Mm -hmm. So I hope that gives a good idea of uh, what exactly is going on here.
1: Again, for for the benefit of of listeners who maybe aren't uh, excluded, what we're effectively seeing is the same model where where debt was transferred into one situation, whereas it was effectively offshore from maybe a UK company to an Irish company, whereby it means then that when the money that's left after... after the, the vultures have picked the place dry, there's nothing left for the likes of you, Donna, and your and your 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 staff members, your colleagues, your your people that you've worked with for years.
2: Yeah, no, and that's the problem, isn't it? Like we're good enough to come in and do the work. But then obviously that's where we pay it. So we had respect enough for the company and the owners, even though there was no channel of communication between anyone, because if we had an issue, you'd go to one person and you'd be just like sent around from pillar to post, like, you know, and then you never got any satisfaction or any answers. Um and again, like with Time Point, for example, mm. they wiped all the holidays from Time Point. Really? Yeah, so we're thinking that we wouldn't be aware of what holidays we were out. So lucky enough for us, we have a screenshot of them. But that was up until May. So, for example, in my situation, I did two days a week. So I had something like 30 hours worked up. Yeah. I took 12 hours. I was paid for 12 hours, actually, on in the end of June or something. But like then they're saying, I have minus 38 hours holidays. Which, if we do two days a week or twelve hours, how can we have minus 38 hours all this? Mm. Do you know? So I think if they're going to say things like that and they're going to kind of put information out there, at least have have the information to back it up.
1: But even even at that, like I mean, these things are just statutory entitlements, yeah, absolutely. you know. And uh, so we're talking about the very basics here. We're not talking about you know uh, some sort of um, severance package which is you know yeah. you know the statutory plus two or you know for you know for listeners that's like you know the, the government maybe give you two weeks for every year service and then you get two weeks from the the company but there's not even that that level of correspondence yet has there been any talk of anything like that Alex
3: so the union has written to the owner six times and when the owners organized, an intimidation tactic where they served us plenary summonses to the High Court. Hmm. They argued that they had never been contacted and that Homesavers has nothing to do with Iceland Foods Ireland. They put that in writing to us. We turned around on the other hand, however, and supplied our solicitor with an email from the commercial manager from Homesavers, Mr. Jeffrey Priestley, who says that they are running Iceland now. So the entire situation is quite ridiculous to be perfectly honest but it does seem to be every single week when wages are paid just to give you an example of today some people got their back pay while others didn't get their correct wages at all and the impression i'm beginning to form is that they simply underpay some of their workers in order to pay the others and they do that every single week because every single week there's an issue with wages and there's no real discernible pattern it's not like one store is consistently targeted or two stores it just seems to be up and down the country Stores that are better organized, for example, our store manager or a store manager in Waterford seems to be a bit better organized and hands on from day one. So she copped it that there was something going on and they have been paid, for example. So obviously the owner can pay and chooses to pay. Mm. By way of another example, in the week running up to our strike action, which one store only ended up going on strike, the owner went to three of the stores and promised that he would repay everything he owed to the workers in the days running up to the strike, and he did. On the day of the strike itself, the owner on the phone to one of our union members told him that he's doing a same-day bank transfer of what he owes him and not to tell anyone else. Now, this was obviously entertaining given we were all standing around and listening to it, but it just goes to show how belligerent, callous, and arrogant the attitude of the owner is.
1: Well it's it, it's really ad hoc isn't it there's no there's no there's no actual policy here it's just uh, crisis management and it is it, it, but when you're fighting fire and, and like people who you work with Donna I'm assuming they've rents to pay they've bills to pay they've uh, you know
2: Absolutely yeah They're like, there's rents to be paid there's children to be fed bills to be paid and like they just seem to have no regard for that like okay fair enough like wherever it may be, about the statutory two weeks or whatever. That's all well and good. But what about people who obviously got so comfortable here that won't go for an interview? Mm. Do you know, like that, like, here was the norm for them. They may be nervous about applying for different jobs and stuff. So where are they left?
1: Well, again, it goes on. And maybe come to you, Bernard, because I've heard, you've mentioned The Ditch, an independent website who I've worked with closely. You've uh, Before we came in, you said, you know, but that there's uh, there's other, you have mentioned Sinn Féin um, supporting out in, in the Navin Road store. The government themselves, Bernard, we've, we've, they've seen this, uh, and I want to point, want to be very clear for listeners that some of the things that happened in the last little while, just at at international level, the EU level, the EU put forward a European directive to give collective bargaining and a living wage, and the. He was then tarnished. To, he's now Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, was Minister for Enterprise, and he wrote to the EU and said Ireland wants an exemption on that. We don't want collective <laughs> bargaining rights here, we don't want uh, to work towards a living wage, while at the same time giving a speech to ICTU, saying, you know, we want to, these are the sort of things that we're looking forward to, that we want not to introduce. So, you know, don't listen to what he says, look at what, what the actions are. Bernard, politically... Is there any is there any moves that you know other than you guys in opposition that are there are kicking kicking up against this? Is there any any moves that are happening that you think this these this has to stop? We can't have Cleary's become Debenhams become Iceland.
4: Well, if we're, if we're honest, there's not. Uh, these actions like that. I want to commend the girls firstly for coming out and and, and doing this for the Kulak branch. We're the first to go on. Uh, They had got uh, some sort of resolution, but that fell through. And hence, the girls here in Talbot Street decided they weren't going to let this go. And they've been absolutely amazing. The union has been fantastic as well, I have to say, coming in and very strong, representing their workers, which is what unions need to do. And actually, there's a lot of the bigger unions need to have a look and see what the guys are doing on the ground here and take a leaf out of that book. But politically, I mean, it it was highlighted in the doll. It was raised by RTDs. Paul Murphy got up and he highlighted the cause and the response from government has been it's going through the mechanisms when those mechanisms are clearly failing. They are there to support Right. Those in well,
1: charge. are they? they no, yeah. hang on, They're not. They're not failing because the the companies in question have c- continued to win. So at some stage, you have to say that's not a failure. I that's suppose. policy.
4: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's that's a, it's a toothless entity that they're trying to that, that, that's effective there for workers. Mm. And when you see. Like Neil Richmond was called out on this. Has he met the workers? No, he hasn't. He hasn't come down to the store here. Actually, someone got up in the doll the other day. I'm unsure exactly who it was, but it was it was a point that was made very clear. If it was Facebook or Google or uh, or, no. or anyone else, like they would be at they would be at the doors hmm. of Facebook and Google. But because these are, are lower income earners who are slogging away. I mean, the the girls are looking for nothing more than what they're owed. Uh, the reason we got involved was that the workers reached out to us in, in Kula cause, cause some of them were owed over a thousand euro. These are low income workers, mortgages and children were borrowing off family and friends and they were working seven days a week. So sure, that's, that's, that's sort of criminal really. You know, when you look at it, that's what it is. Well, it's and, re- and, and nobody from government was listening to them. Now this was, this was highlighted. This was picked up, and there was murmurings within political spheres. There was something happening, something going on. Was it going to be Debenhams 2.0? And they ignored it. So the reason why we had to row in, and absolutely, John Whipple in particular has been an amazing, John Whipple is uh, the people for profit, uh, union rep, uh, go-to man, and John has been absolutely fantastic on this. Like, And we had to row in to support the girls, because uh, the, the main, our main role is facilitating what they want to do. Yeah. But but
1: to Alex then just on, on that point though, the political will, um has there been any, you know, you know, again, we remember we only recall I think it was around St. Patrick's Day where Neil Richmond boasted about, you know, fifteen billion worth of trade done in this, this weekend and all of has there been any sort of movement from government, from a junior minister like Neil Richmond to, to to engage with workers, find out what supports are needed, find out even if there is some form of mediation that they could help with?
3: So the union has made written correspondence to the minister and we've asked TDs who've raised the question in the Dáil and even a Fine Gale senator ra- raised it in the Shannon, mm. Senator Mary Kearney. Oh, and our- the responses have effectively all been the same. Use the institutions that are there available to you, i.e. the Workplace Relations Commission and the Labour Court, which is a blasé way of kind of saying piss off.
1: Yeah, go back to the WRC, and we know how long that can take, and we know how inefe- ineffective that is, and how limited it is, and that's again why I said to Baron earlier that this, that this is policy. Uh, Donna, if I could ask though, if you were to, if you were to say, well, how do you, what would a win look like for you and your 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 fellow workers, your the people you've 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 slogged in here with?
2: Um, do you know what? It's not like a win. I wouldn't put it as a win. It's more so we just want the respect and dignity we deserve, as well as what we're owed. Um, we don't want that to happen to anyone else. Like, as it stands this morning, there was three, Is it? Three more stores um, were closed, temporarily laid off. So we know that this is not the end. It's not going to be only Talbot Street, Northside, Coolock, Clonmel. Like, inevitably, I'd say the rest will go very soon. Mm. So we don't want the predicament where everyone else is left in the same situations we are, do you know. So what we I think obviously it's the important thing is to highlight what's going on because like they were saying, like TDs are just kind of fobbing it off or the government's fobbing it off. But then you look at the news and it's constantly the whole scandal of RTA. Yeah. Okay, that's all well and good. They have plenty of money. Yeah, plenty yeah. of money. Like, do you know, what about the working class? Who so obviously we we work in the during drawing covered we kept people fed and wherever it may be. Absolutely. You know? And that's obviously your job. So that's how your all you're gonna do. But then when it comes to when of nails nails down to it, like, then you're just left lumbered. So I think a win, obviously, for us would be to get what out, um, to get the respect we deserve and for going forward for it not to happen to other people. Do you know, because at the end of the day, like, you don't want the predicament, like, as I said about girls being anxious about going for your new interviews, you don't want to that constant fear going into a job. Oh God, it's the same thing going to happen again. Yeah. Because you're willing to grow out and work, leave families. We're occupying here, leaving our families at home, wherever it may be. And yeah, they just don't care. Like, do you know, so I think it's, it's uh, the main highlight for this thing is that people will stand up and they won't back down yeah. and won't be treated like,
1: Crap. yeah no and i think it's really great that that, that like I, I look I'm full i said like, we started this by saying up the workers but absolutely up the workers but i i my frustration is that you're pushing against something now where we need actual system change above the line as well uh, alex just on the on those points though it does seem to me that, that there is isn't a slow death of of this the company in this in this guys at the moment and um no one's willing to say that, that look this is where this is heading.
3: yeah So since the beginning of the takeover, the company has been very secretive and underhanded in the way it conducts itself, especially in relation to its workers. Now, I'm aware that Ireland has a voluntarist model of industrial engagement, that they don't have to respond to the union and they don't respond to the union. They ignore all of our correspondence as per but they could still be open and upfront with their workers and simply do the right thing by them. Why did Argos and GameStop have no problem in announcing the times that they would be closing, yeah. looking after the redundancy payments and making sure that their workers got what they were due? Why does it have to be like this? And I think the answer is very simple. Naeem's entire business motto is fueled by un- restricted greed where the most important thing is to strategically dissolve this business, asset strip it for everything it has in it, and then let the courts kind of fob around with the actual process. There are many stories of his past experiences with other businesses, yeah. occupations of stores in order to renegotiate lease settlements and all this kind of other mad stuff. The letter we most recently found, for example, was where it was identified by Waterford County Council that he did not have planning permission for his store in Waterford. And we found the letter that he penned to the CEO and the letter quoted misquoted Spider-Man as a Star Wars quote in some bizarre rant that he decided to send to the chief executive, and it reads like it was written by an absolute madman. So that's the kind of insight we have into the workings of this character who's taken over the business. And just by way of reference, the stores that are put on temporary layoff Get absolutely gutted of stock and everything that's so inside them. that's the them. first, thing
1: you get in, you get in, and you, you get the staff out. You, you you take the stock. You 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 liquidise the assets effectively as quickly as you can. Yes, and and then you're and then all of a sudden you're you're then turning around saying, well, we've got you out now. Um, the, you know you're 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 at the will of the state effectively.
3: Yes, and that's what happened in Clonmel and Tipperary, where the workers went home. They were put on temporary layoff. And lo and behold, 44, 46 pallets arrived in another store nearby in order to be sold. And all this is going on. Meanwhile, he's still not paying the rent, the utility bills, even the taxman. According to the interim examiner report, is owed sixty six thousand. Now, the interim examiner report is quite interesting because it also points out that the company is sitting on four hundred grand cash in bank, so they can actually turn around tomorrow and pay every single worker twice over what they're owed and still have money how left. Man, in how many the bank.
1: staff are we talk talking in total?
3: So there was a total of three hundred and forty four staff. Mm. A lot of people have left just out of sheer frustration. There's probably still about 300 workers around the country, and the union represents near half of those workers.
1: Okay. Well, look. I mean, we're still. Look. Like, I mean, that's still a lot of employees. And I suppose Don, you made a really good point around the the class element of this. And Bernard, you made something you were saying around you know if these had been Google workers or the likes. But I find it interesting in the week whereby we're talking about you know. And again, this is not to make it about about uh, RT, but you know they spent more on on flip flops that Bernard would wear than um than than, <laughs> than you know. You, Many of you were looking for
2: Absolutely I mean? Yeah like it's not as They were looking for You know no. like it's It's what well, I think it's probably It's maybe around Four or five grand But that's You know that stars are owed more So it's not many inch, you know and as we've altered, we're not looking for out, we're not entitled, we're not we're looking for anything we haven't worked for. So, you know, there shouldn't be an issue around it. You know, and he's not doing himself any favours. I don't think, like, obviously, we said from the get go, if they had just came to us and said, listen, business is not good, wherever it may be, that's fair enough. Give mm. people notice to go and find other jobs or whatever yeah, yeah. And give don't, them supports. Yeah, don't just turn off for work on Wednesday morning and by an hour into the shift, not even that be gone. Like, and I mean. what's
4: re- really interesting on that too is Carmel, who was very involved in the Debna struggles. Mm. So, Carmel has been in, she's been supporting the workers here. But Carmel has made a very good point that, Michal Martin in particular, made it clear that this was never going to happen again. After Debenhams? They were going, yeah, they were, <laughs> this is what he was saying. This was the the, the, the rhetoric he was using, that it was, it was never going to happen again. And that we're going to put all the our, our, our resources and energies into making sure that we're going to protect workers. And where are we back exactly? where the Debenham workers were. And so, you know, I mean, this government really it has proven time and again. It's not there for the people. It's not there for the well, it's workers. On the
1: side, it's on the side of capital.
4: That's what it is, consistently. And those who are in a position, because I mean, even uh, the Business Post picked up on it last Sunday, and they said the way things are going, it's looking like the owner will be able to walk away yeah, and no, pull that, his, his 1.6 million investment out. Hmm. While the girls can't put food on the table, and some of the workers were working... Day in, day out, back and forth, seven days a week, borrowing a few quid off family and friends just to be able to to meet the rent. And I mean, at this stage, you now, if people can't see through all that talk from government, we're here for people. They're not. They're yeah. not here for the workers anyway. That's I suppose for sure. the,
1: the the question, then, Alex, is if if we can't uh, if we can't maybe outside of asking listeners to get in touch with their local TDs, tell them they need to do something. How else they can, can they support you guys?
3: Well, there's a couple of different ways. At our last workers' meeting, we decided we'd start to formulate some sort of petition to the minister in charge, focusing on either the duffy Gall report or similar legislation that would prevent anything like this from happening again. We'd also encourage listeners and supporters to sign up as solidarity members of the Independent Workers' Union. And I think the way things have been going, the last two weeks we will be reopening our fighting fund in order to cover a potential strike pay because several stores have indicated that they'd like to be balloted for industrial action
1: very good so 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 w- w- are there links there that people can find
3: if you look up the independent workers union on twitter instagram or facebook it'll come up it's either iw or independent workers union but it, it does come up
1: and um, Donna, just the last question to you uh if if there was a magic wand uh, and, and you said that, that you thought the business was actually, could you see yourself working back here again?
2: Absolutely not. Like, definitely not. And as much as, like, I think, obviously, you know, obviously, if I had the same team again, yeah, obviously, but I would never dream of working under the management attorney out. If, obviously, we had different management, if things change, well, then maybe, but, like, why would you want to come back to a job that... Like how they could easily rip a fat, like a team family apart and have no remorse for mm. it. Then to for them to build it back up and to do the same thing again, you'd be you'd be constantly like in doubt as to whether you're gonna wake up tomorrow and have no job. But, you know because they can, as I said and i said f- during the week, like they're not a trustable company. Mm. So the trust is not gonna be regained by anyone. I don't think. How no, well,
1: I, it's not even it's a matter of respect and the yeah show. respect La- and
2: dignity. Like you, yeah. you know their basic rights aren't. They? So therefore, like why? How do they feel they can treat anybody? And the way they've treated the staff of the company, I and continue to do so all closing stores.
1: I know this isn't the original um, store on Talbot Street. It was it was further down at the Irish Life Mall, but it was the first location of Iceland was on Talbot Street in, in Ireland, as my as my recollection of it when it opened. Yeah, back
2: down where.
1: Yeah, just but out there, yeah. Where, and uh, it was the first one because I remember I was a struggling student, and it was a godsend at the time because you go in and get your cheap stuff to eat. And it it is actually it's it, with a sadness to see it leaving the 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 the. the, the the state that it's in right now but it's no disrespect it's no fault of the staff it's no fault of the workers it's purely
2: it's it's like even with customers like we'd have customers obviously when we're outside and wherever and they'd say like they miss a terrible because like you have your bigger stores obviously who can charge a greater price whereas here like the frozen stuff okay the price did increase with inflation Hmm. but they knew they had like Iceland brand stuff or whatever maybe that they could get that get them by or Hmm. you know things that like Iceland would only sell like certain kids that only eat so like there was no regard for staff or customers or the public in general no, you
1: know, no. And, and the, um, Alex, what, if, if you could ask last thing for you now, do you think um, the next few weeks, this is just going to I- accelerate and then you'll, it, we will see in it the industrial action accelerate?
3: I think that if the company continues doing what it's doing and abusing the court system and the examinership process, then yes. And I encourage all Iceland workers to take the action that they see fit and that the union will stand with them no matter what store it's in or what part of the country it's in. Because the reality is, the last time we threatened and carried out strike action, the owner folded almost immediately, and that was evidence in of itself. So realistically, our only mistake last time was not carrying on with it in every single store that we could. But now things have changed so dramatically. And the attitude from the company has been so arrogant that I think workers are more ready than ever to engage in strike action in more, not just two or three stars in Dublin, but we're talking about about a dozen stars.
1: I hope the message also goes out to other unions that you need to be a bit more active, a bit more radical. You know, I think we took the radical uh, out of union uh, movements a long time ago and uh, we, need to, we need to feed that back in. Listen, I want to say thank you to Alex and, and to Don for taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks to Bernard for the invitation coming in. Um, look, the links actually, by the way, I'll put them in the podcast. So if you want to help the guys, all you got to do is click the link that's in the podcast that you listen to right now. And you'll be able to show a bit of solidarity that way. Uh, I really appreciate the time we will be back in your feed shortly because on Wednesday the European Parliament is voting on the nature restoration laws and I have one of the people who helped write the document um, could join me from the European Parliament I think later on so that'll be back with you guys as well thanks for listening thanks for the support and we will talk to you all very very soon take care, bye bye
2: Tony and Martin Martin and Tony
4: Subscribe now
2: on pay.